to another fireside chat at Freight Waves Live at Home. I'm JP Hampstead, Director of Passport Research at Freight Waves. And with me remotely is Lily Shin, the President and CEO of Transfix. Thanks for joining me, Lily. JP, thanks for having me. Really happy to be chatting today with you and the entire Freight Waves community. Awesome, cool. Um, so, you recently uh, became the CEO of Transfigs, and you know you've had a really interesting career um, from Goldman to eBay and consulting, and you know lots of other companies. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey? I want to get a sense of which experiences are most meaningful to you now in your role as CEO. Absolutely. Yeah, my career has definitely been incredibly diverse from finance to commerce, uh, a lot of marketplace experience, but also messaging, design and payments. And also at varying stages, uh, you know, I've helped build companies from the ground up and have actually, you know, helped scale companies uh, as well. And but one thread has actually tied them all together. And that's really building trusted platforms that creates new opportunities for both consumers and businesses. And, you know, it's been an incredible journey. And, you know, I would say for me, there are a few experiences uh, that I'd like to highlight here that's brought me to Transfix. And, uh, you know, one is eBay, another is Wealthfront, another is IDEO, where I, yeah, and that's actually where I started to get really interested and passionate about mobility overall. And during my time at uh, eBay, actually, I'll start there. You know, I, I was responsible for helping to build one of the world's largest online commerce uh, marketplaces and, you know, helped build a company that ultimately had over 133 million listings globally. And, you know, for me, I think what was really unique about that experience was the importance of community and trust uh, in building that business. Uh, you know, at Wealthfront, uh, it actually was at Wealthfront very early on, and uh, what I really believed in was the mission and vision of the company, which was democratizing investing for the masses. You know, really giving everyone the same opportunity with the best op- with, this, with the best opportunities to invest their own dollars. And you know, my my role there was really building out the platform, the product, and really the go to market. Uh, and during my time at IDEO, uh, you know, IDEO is a, a global design uh, firm, and you know they really work on complex challenges across verticals and, and globally as well through design technology and human-centered approaches. And that's actually where I first immersed myself in the world of mobility and became very passionate and wanting to further understand the complexities around the movement of people freight and spaces in, in a very human-centered way. Um, you know, I've actually met Drew and Jonathan, the founders of Transfix, back in 2014, and I was really struck by, you know, the, the challenge that they were, you know, taking on headfirst and the complexity of the industry and the space, and I was just highly impressed with the team and just had a true profound deep respect for everyone in the organization and how much passion they had to solving for the complexities and challenges of the industry. Uh, I've been with the company now two years. I, I started at the company as CEO and last year became president and, um, you know, have been working incredibly closely with Drew and Jonathan and, uh, as you mentioned, just became CEO in the last month. Now, now, my next question is, you know, kind of simple. 
But on the other hand, it's maybe it's a profound question. Um, you know, Transfix, like you said, it was founded in 2014 at a time when um, freight and especially uh, freight brokerage was becoming more and more digitized. We see incumbents investing large amounts of capital to uh, change their operations and the way they use data. And we also see new entrants, um, you know, although maybe Transfix is, is sort of, uh, you know, one of the, the most well-established new entrants. But what makes Transfix different from other freight brokerages and what makes it different from other digital freight brokerages? Uh, so, you know, we are a digital freight marketplace, and we started the company to really improve the ways in which freight could be moved and to really deepen the partnership between shippers and carriers. And we do that through our technology, uh, but also through our deep industry experience. Uh, you know, with Transfix, it's actually from the very day, from the very first day, it was the connection of deep uh, industry experts and logisticians married with the best-in-class technology. And, you know, that has been true every step along the way. And, you know, this is obviously an industry where it's incredibly operational. There's a lot of nuance. Uh, you know, devil is in the details. And we really take pride in our ability to, you know, understand like all the exceptions, all that needs to take place and really be able to automate every step along the process. Uh, with that, what's equally important to us is having a very strong and deep partnership with our shippers to truly understand what their biggest challenges are and the same thing on the carrier side. And we deepen those relationships not only through the technology, but through our people as well. Cool, no, that's, that's, really, that's really fascinating. Um, I wanna kinda go back to your role as the CEO of Transfix. In your first week at Transfix, um, in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic, uh, and you guys, are, of course, are based in New York City, you had to move the entire company remote. And you, you became a wartime CEO almost before you were a peacetime CEO. Can you tell me a little bit about what that experience was like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, it's certainly been quite the ride. Um, but, you know, first, I'm incredibly grateful that all employees are very safe and healthy. Uh, you know, I had to make the decision right before New York City declared a state of emergency. And at that point, New York had less than 100 cases, and half of which was in the previous 12 hours. And today is 134,000 cases in New York. Um, I think the decision to move remote was actually pretty easy because uh, I was very much optimizing for a few things. One, first and foremost, the health and safety of our employees and business continuity. And, you know, Transfix has always been digital first. So that's really enabled us. That really enabled us to actually go remote very quickly and really overnight. I had a high level of confidence in our platform. I had a high level of confidence in our team. And it was a really seamless uh, transition. I worked incredibly closely with our chief people officer, Brian Chrisman. And, you know, every step along the way, we were just ensuring that we were being very transparent um, you know, with our, with our, with our workforce and really, you know, over communicating throughout the way. Uh, that, that's great. Um, I want to hear a little bit from you also about, um, I want to talk about the shipper carrier relationship, something you, you brought up a little while ago. Um, and before we get into the particular and sort of new and unique stresses that have been put on that relationship, by the coronavirus pandemic, 
when we kind of talk about um, sort of a broader or more structural view, um, you know, what's broken in this marketplace and what has Transfix found that actually works to repair that relationship? Yeah, I, you know, I would start with a, a few things. One is uh, obviously incredibly fragmented. There is a lack of visibility in terms of what is going on on both sides of the marketplace. And, you know, there's a lot of waste, obviously. And I also believe that fundamentally there's um, some distrust in the industry as well, right? And when you think about all of that, the importance of actually building a very cohesive network, that's where Transfix comes in. Uh, you know, we really look at the entire network of both our carriers and shipper side to really drive optimization. But we also leverage our technology to drive the visibility and transparency and, you know, proactivity and communication. We want to be able to anticipate everything that's going on uh, to ensure that shippers actually have, you know, a high, high level of confidence and reliability in our platform that really represents our entire carrier network. No, that's that's important. I love what you said about trust. That's that's a huge thing that actually I think um, is just as essential to lubricating transactions and commercial relationships as something like technology. Um, you know, a lot of people kind of think that when they hear words like automation um, or digitization, they think that the human element or the relationship is sort of removed um, from the story. But that's not really the case. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the, you know, sort of how you use relationships to make technology work? How technology makes relationships work better? Yeah, I mean, I believe that technology. We build our technology to ultimately build trust. Trust has to lie with the shippers and the carriers, between the shippers and carriers, and with Transfix as well. And technology really enables that because it provides a level of sophistication. If you think about what ultimately, um, you know, what will ultimately drive the success of a, of a platform with trust is reliability and consistency. And you have to be able to provide that to both sides of the marketplace. And technology enables that in a number of different ways, right? Um, it's the data and data platform, which enables us to actually make smarter decisions on behalf of shippers and carriers. It's a communication platform so that we can proactively um, and uh, communicate and be transparent about where things are at every given step along the way. And it allows us to be smarter, but also provide a much more simpler experience. Uh, it's a very complex uh, space, a very complex industry. And, you know, I think that everything that we can do to bring simplicity to technology and make it easier for people is critical. And you know, that's also then the only way that we'll start driving more sustainable solutions. Thanks. I loved what you said about consistency and reliability because that's kind of precisely the challenge that so many companies are having right now with all of the volatility caused by the, the pandemic and, of course, the policy responses to the pandemic. First, we saw you know massive surge in truckload volumes. Then they really pulled back and went negative year over year. So, um, on the one hand, you know maybe the volume surge. How do you ensure that? You're, you can provide reliable capacity to your customers. And then now, at a time like this, how do you make sure that you can keep your carriers moving at sustainable rates um, and, and also help them sort of protect their business? Sure. 
So in order to provide, uh, you know, really reliable capacity, we partnered with like some of the best carriers across the country. Uh, you know, our technology has enabled to, us to really be able to match the right carriers uh, with the right freight and the right shippers. And our network level approach has, you know, has really enabled us to do that in a much better way. And at the same time, you know, what we've developed is a predictive pricing algorithm as well. So we can offer fair market rates to shippers and carriers at any given point in time. And, you know, our commitment to those is really important to us. Can you talk a little bit about the new pressures that um, the pandemic is putting on, on transportation companies and sort of what you're learning about the industry or maybe what the pandemic is exposing about the industry right now? Yeah, it's a really interesting time. In so many ways, I, I do believe that we're defining a new norm for the industry. And what's been really interesting to me, we, you know, us, like all of us in the industry understand the criticality of supply chain. I don't think that's always been the case uh, across the board and, you know, across society. But I do think there's a higher level of appreciation for the role of supply chain and the importance of the work that shippers and carriers and drivers are really performing on, you know, a day-to-day -day level and how integral they are to our economy running. Um, you know, I do think also uh, with COVID-19, this is a moment where we are all building empathy in a very different way. And, you know, as I think about shippers um, really thinking about their business, carriers really thinking about their business, I think it's incredibly important to obviously stay focused on the business, but also ensure that we have a peripheral view of everything that's going on in the ecosystem and how we help each other. This is a time where, you know, it's so important for us to actually come together more so than ever. And, you know, I think really understanding the pains that all sides are, are going through. And, you know, for, for me, for Transfix, we're, we're really excited to actually help to bring those sides together. Another area is around digital and technology the, and the importance of digital and technology moving forward. I mean, for, you know, for many you know, for companies, like we were able to remove, uh, move to becoming remote fairly quickly. Digital, having the digital and technology tools is, you know, very essential right now. Uh, you think about other verticals like education. So many children, for example, you know, now being educated at home where this may not have been the case, you know, even last year or even this, even in January. And the rate at which digital transformation has moved a vertical like education, I actually see that moving a vertical such as transportation as well. Uh, and one other thing I'll, I'll mention, JP, is the importance of reputation. We talk about consistency and reliability. It is uh, critical that everyone, in order to build trust, uh, you know, we, we stand by our commitments, right? And so moments of crisis truly reveals, like, true colors. And so we have to make sure that we're not staying short-sighted. We're taking, you know, a longer-term view and, and strategy around how to help make the supply chain more efficient. And it's also during times like this where you understand where there are opportunities to improve, um, you know, improve and really help the larger ecosystem. No, that's great. I, I love the parallel with education. I think that, you know, like you said, um, you know, what this pandemic reveals about the importance of digital tools, collaboration, working from home, um, 
the way that um, you know, data and communication are so important. I think that'll, that'll actually have positive effects for the way that transportation logistics companies are run in the future. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think this is only going to make the industry stronger. That's great. Um, one of the things you said too, Lily, is that supply chain is sort of, this is our moment in the sun in a way. Um, everyone who has gone to a grocery store um, or any, you know, try to pick up some kind of essential supply that was out of stock, it, suddenly um, the supply chain is very real and people are learning about, you know, how, do, how does my grocery store get restocked? Where are the trucks, et cetera? Um, and I, I wondered, you know, um, just to take a slightly different tack on the idea that supply chain is now uh, in focus or, you know, at the top of mind, is, is what has the reaction from Silicon Valley been toward uh, logistics or freight tech companies? Um, you know, what we heard kind of thing, things about uh, a change of approach and a change of risk tolerance after we work and, you know, sort of towards the end of 2019. Um, and then, of course, you know, investment becomes you know, very murky in any kind of unprecedented situation like the one we're facing with the pandemic. Um, but I just wondered, with all of your contacts in the Valley um, and, and at Transfix, I wondered what you could teach us about what venture capital investors are thinking about logistics in this moment. Yeah, so at the moment, I would say that venture funding has slowed down and may continue to accelerate over the next few quarters. You know, I was looking at a recent survey, and many believe that we are entering recession and may last longer than what people are currently predicting. But at the same time, what's really interesting um, about venture right now is that there is a lot more dry powder and capital left to invest versus previous the previous couple of recessions, like in you know 2008 and 2001. So there is capital. Uh, what's for me, what's really interesting about logistics and transportation and really exciting for entrepreneurs in this space is that there is, I believe, increasing interest right, in understanding and looking into this space because we're solving true, real problems. And, you know, it's a huge space. There are a lot of opportunities. And I think that, you know, VCs um, could be seeing healthy activities uh, in this space overall. And, you know, the sector is incredibly important, right? As you think about e-commerce, digital transformation, distributed warehouse networks, uh, or home delivery, you know, as that all accelerates, I, I do think more venture dollars will come into into the sector. So I, I believe it's a really exciting time for entrepreneurs in the space. Yeah, I, I kind of tend to agree with you that, um, you know, on the one hand, um, you know, maybe a, a mid-term mid or a long-term economic outlook becomes much more complicated than something like a pandemic, but there's also a sense, a sense in which it clarifies um, the sorts of technology and the sorts of services that need further investment or that need to be uh, doubled down upon. Um, and so I guess you know, my next question for you, Lily, is how does the supply chain change in, in reaction to something like the pandemic. Um, and I think, you know, I'm happy to hear your thoughts about sort of international supply chains, about um, things like 
the level of inventory that it's considered appropriate for shippers to carry, and maybe even things like um, you know, the food supply chain, which didn't seem to respond to volatility as well as, for example, the e-commerce supply chain is able to. Just, it, you know, I know that's a lot, but um, just interested in here from you, sort of what changes? Yeah, I I think that the I I believe and I hope uh, that you know this is actually going to drive a lot more innovation and forward thinking in terms of how supply chains can be better optimized across the board, and thinking about uh, and whether it's across different modes or geographies. I believe this is a moment where the industry is going to come together and figure out how we actually make it a more connected network overall. That's great. Um, the idea, I love the idea that the industries want to come together, become more connected, and um, drive towards further optimization. Thanks for joining me, Lily. I, I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. It's great chatting. <laughs>